welcome to Las Doctoras podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they, Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, Gemini rising, mother of earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma, that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action. Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Welcome! Welcome to, <laughs> Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. Um, we're mm-hmm. here with Aida Salazar. And I think we can just get right into it. Aida, if you want to introduce yourself and your work and tell us a little bit about your new, your new book. And, and the book that, that brought us to you, too, of course. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I'm a writer and arts activist. Um, I haven't really called myself an artivista, but I would say that's a kind of a, a, an accurate term. I'm a mother and I've been writing for children in the last, I don't know, five or six years. And I recently published um, The Moon Within, which was a novel in verse for middle grades. And it's about a young girl who gets her, uh, is about to get her period and her mom wants mm-hmm. to give her a moon ceremony, but she doesn't want it. I'm also the author of a new book called uh, Land of the Cranes and Land of the Cranes is about very different from the moon within. It's about a nine-year-old child who is um, is a, a poet and she and her family get swept up in all sorts of different um, situations around mm-hmm. being undocumented and her her father gets deported and then she and her mother because of a mistake they end up in a, a detention center in a yelera mm-hmm. along the u.s mexico border and she writes picture poems to her father um, mm-hmm. about what she sees while she's detained so it's a very uh, different tone uh, it's still it's actually for younger children than than the moon within and but but it's a story that i feel is really urgent to tell um, mm-hmm. 20 years ago 30 years ago you know it's it's mm-hmm. something that, that's been happening for a really long time to our communities and and um, but now so more than ever because of because of all of the the politics of of hate and mm-hmm. and fear mm-hmm. that are directed and weaponized against the immigrant community mm-hmm. so um so, so yeah, powerful those so powerful, my- so needed for our children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk a little bit about how we came to your work because I think, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, Aida blessed us with her presence at our book club. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And we were so honored for that um, because in our book club, we read The Moon Within. And it was, it's, we came to the book actually because Christina um, uses it in her class. Yeah, I think, so, I mean, I had heard of The Moon Within before we, before we met in Paris. We were both (laughs) at um, the International, the Gloria Anzaldúa conference there. I know Norma Cantu had sent an email out and um, to me, and I was like, yes, I want to do this. Maybe I can get the university to pay for me to go. And so I had, I'd heard and read, um, snippets of the moon within beforehand. And then you were there, um, presenting, um, maybe like you were talking about earlier, like sharing, reading from the text, reading from your work, just sharing more. You, you didn't call it, you didn't call like public, you know, publicizing, but like kind of making rounds around it, trying to get more people interested in, it was beautiful to hear you read from the moon within itself. I, I think it was then and there I thought this would be a great 
text for my students. Um, it is geared maybe towards, you know, younger. It's uh, what you called it YA, right? Young adult. Well, middle grade. Middle grade. Mm. Yeah, so like, a, uh, it's technically, like, I would say like 10 to 13 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is like, uh, well, it's such an approachable text because of that, maybe for my students. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the, I think, you know, I was talking with Renee about with um, most of my students are Latinas. And my job really isn't to um, convince them that racism exists or that sexism exists, that oppression exists in their life. It's to really just kind of give them permission to, to recognize it and maybe um, give them some tools to kind of process that. And honestly, a book like The Moon Within, I think, allows students to approach, approach these ideas in a soft way, in a, um, a warm, a loving way. And so it's been fantastic um, for, for them. And so when Renee and I were having our book club um, that began during the pandemic, and we were trying to find another text to talk about with these um, mujeres that had been really become like our, you know, our, our OG, you know, like our, they are there and we're now like a support group trying to to um, think of another text, The Moon Within came to mind as something that would allow us to talk, you know, conceptually about periods of menstruation and some moons in which, um, and, and ways in which these are, you know, we can't talk about them, they're taboo, but also would allow us to step into process with ourselves, healing work within ourselves, mm-hmm. and maybe for our children too, you know. Um, and it really, I really think it did that so perfectly. It was such a gift to have. You know, and obviously the book itself is this miracle gift. There's nothing like it, you know. Um, Yeah, and I think something we we heard a lot in in the book club is we wish we had this when we were younger, Mm -hmm. you know. And and I – so it's funny. I I always forget, but I actually came across The Moon Within – somewhere on Instagram, I saw it and I hadn't even read it. And I saw it was a a middle age, middle grade, which my niece, you know, is. And so I I sent her books every for her birthday every year. (laughs) So I like shipped it out to her. (laughs) Hadn't even read it. I was like, it's, uh, it it should be fine. You know, and I I still don't even know if she's read it. We haven't talked about it. Um, But I do think it's, similar to when my mom would buy me books at that age where they would kind of, even if I didn't read them, they would sit on my shelf until one day I was like, Oh, let me pull this. And it was just that experience of like, when I finally, you know, it was there, it was readily available for me. Um, you know, then it was powerful. So now I'm like, well, maybe I got to buy her this next book for her next birthday. Um, cause I just, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I, I want to be that Thea that, you know, is, you know, that's my way of kind of, having an influence without like being directly, you know, there all the time. Um, I don't get to see her that often, but, but yeah, I think that's something that we saw consistently in the book club was to say, we wish we had this when we were younger. Right. And then now the opportunity for, for a younger generation to have access to it. And yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. bring us to our next point of, of the maybe mm-hmm. still lack of access to mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. of, of other forces. And, um, and it's interesting, you know, I have to say that people talk about 2020, right? And they talk about how it's been an interesting year, (laughs) a messed up year. And people will joke that it started with with Kobe Bryant dying, right? And I'm like, for us, the effed up year started at the beginning with the publication of American Dirt, (laughs) and that Mm. whole controversy and how it had us just really it, sh- it shone a light on, you know, the publishing world in a way that I don't think had had that had been done before. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of created this conversation, um, you know, and I, th- and I was like, looking, when did we do that? And it was in January when we recorded that episode on, on American Dirt. And so mm-hmm. we can thank Oprah for that, too, I guess. <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's it's so interesting. Right. Um, and yet in our conversation with you in our book club that came up as well. And so I thought maybe you can speak to um, reclamation your, work versus appropriative work. Yeah. yeah and your experience in the publishing world and especially when it comes to, because you are 
um, writing books for, for kids, right? For young people. And yeah, just, I mean, speaking to your experience in the publishing world. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I want to, if I may just kind of back up a little bit, I wanted to, to just mm -hmm. address the, the, the moon within and talk about, uh, the reason why I wrote it so yeah. that, um, so that your listeners can hear, you know, I also grew up in a, in a, in a time and in a culture and a situation that didn't talk about menstruation. Mm -hmm. And as I, you know, decolonized and, and, and got rid of Catholicism in my life, I <laughs> really started to dig deep into anything indigenous, anything that I could kind of, uh, hold on to and it just that that started when I was in my 20s I'm almost 50 now so it took you know it's a many many years of studying and being attracted mm -hmm. to and, and and seeking um and not really finding answers but but being also in community with other other women and and learning about moon ceremonies through them through the oral tradition and and as my own daughter was starting to kind of grow up I wanted to give her a different narrative than what I had been given and kind of wanted mm -hmm. to really share some of the wisdom that I had gained in those 20 plus years of, of investigating mm -hmm. and trying to reclaim and reconnect to something that had been so violently taken from us mm -hmm. because of colonization. So, mm -hmm. so I wrote the, the Moon Within with that intention. And of course, because I'm writing for children, I had to situate this, these big ideas of colonization and patriarchy and puritanical views in within a story. And so writing it, that was kind of like mm -hmm. the, the, the trick, right? It's to how am I going to make this accessible to a, a child? Mm -hmm. And so that it's um, fun and engaging and, and, but then we'll make them think, right? So that's how this story came up. And my daughter, because she, you know, attended um, ceremony with me in different settings um, with other women around the moon she was not she was looking forward to her moon ceremony because okay. because I saw her changing but I thought it would be interesting to write a story about a girl who actually didn't want her moon ceremony and her mom was kind of overbearing <laughs> and so that's why that's how I wrote I wrote that story and I thought that it would it would it would go over nicely with with kids and um and I try to make it funny and I try to make it awkward, just mm -hmm. just recalling and seeing what my daughter, you know, seeing her go through the process kind of reminded me of all the awkwardness. Um, mm -hmm. The most um, incredible thing for me as an artist, as a writer, was that it, it was a way of healing and, and, and myself. I wrote it in many ways to heal myself from this narrative that I'd been given. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, that it, it, it spreads and that other, other people, um, well, from what I hear, especially mm -hmm. at the, um, at the book club, that was such a, a beautiful and enlightening experience to, to be in community with all of you and listening to how much the book affected mm -hmm. adults, right? Like that, mm -hmm. that was so, so fascinating to me. And, and, and like you said, it was a gift to me in as much as it, it was to you. So it was, it was wonderful. That um, new narrative that you speak of, I think that is so powerful and I, and, and that it does that dual or multi-purpose. It really is healing the old wound narrative that, that we grew up with. And then, creating this one for our children or for um, our students mm -hmm. or for each other that allows no need to deconstruct the old. There's no old one, you know, mm -hmm. it is just the narrative, you know, moving forward. That's so, and now it's in writing and it's, and then too, to make it accessible, as you, you say, you know, with um, like this, what would you, I think you called it lyrical, mm -hmm. like this um, way of accessing it with the poetry, with, um, with the ceremonies with it was so and even with the um the small illustrations too right mm -hmm. all of that the mm -hmm. space there was so much space in the text yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a strategy i think that a tool that um when you write a novel in verse you get to do and you can talk about very intimate things or very difficult things and and because of this white space around it you kind of like it you, you know the the poem ends 
and you still feel it, right? Mm. Like you still can yes. think about it. And that's what this white space allows. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to acknowledge unless you, I mean, to, to see it unless you, you experience it. It's more like mm -hmm. an exper experiential thing than it is a, mm -hmm. a visual thing. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting, but, but. Um, and most children wouldn't see something like this until they saw like a book of poetry or something like yeah. that, right? It's, um, so I love that. It's like a trick. It's like a little trick. <laughs> like, but, but it makes you like sit with it, with the information. Uh, it gives us that. Mm -hmm. Now to answer your, your other question about American dirt. <laughs> um, I would love to hear what you got to say. <laughs> yeah. You know what's so interesting? I was coming back from a writing retreat when, when all of this stuff just kind of blew open. I, mm -hmm. um, and it was like the end of January and, um, and I had been in Mexico and, and just off, off the, the, the grid. And when I came back, I saw just article after article and Twitter was just on fire mm -hmm. and I called mm -hmm. my friend David Bowles and like, David, is this for real? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, this is, this is happening. So, you know, it, I wrote something. I, I had to respond. At that time, my mother had, had passed away. It was part of the reason why I, I went away. But my mother mm. passed, passed away in December of last year. And, and at the end of January, I, when I left, um, I, was, I was grieving. And so I was not really at my best, at my sharpest, you know. And, but I did respond. And, and my, whole, my whole position on on American Dirt is that, you know, it's, it's a shame. The publishing industry paid that writer $7 million. I know that uh, like most of, most of what's been out there, they say that she got a six figure deal to do this, right? But actually she didn't, or that seven figures, right? Like she was, she got, she got $7 million. Seven million? Seven, it wasn't a million, it was seven. People were saying <gasps> she got that uh, over a million dollars, but, but I know no. because of um, an editor, in, in an insider told me that it was $7 million. And so I think that, 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 that the publishing world could not, um, I mean, that, that company could not back off of that book. Right. High water. They weren't going to lose $7 million. So they, they, they chose and anointed that book to be a bestseller, no matter what it was. It's incredibly difficult that the people in power, the people who chose the editor, the, the, the you know, when a book gets selected, it doesn't just get selected by an editor, they have to take it to acquisitions. And that's a full room of people in marketing and in sales and, you know, and publicity. And, and they all have to agree that this is a book that they can, they can market and, and to have approved a $7 million contract. That means they were like, everybody was on board. So, so they knew very well that this narrative by written by a white woman was going to be a bestseller and they were not going to turn turn away from that they weren't gonna that's why that book was not pulled that's why it continues to sell it beyond the bestseller lists that's why um there was that's i mean that's why she got the oprah, uh, oprah book club etc okay. etc et i mean that all um is a lot of money and a lot of power Thankfully, because of, because of the Unidad Literaria coming together, so David Bowles and Miriam Gerba did these, these in, like, the, the, I would say the most in-depth analysis of the, of the book. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Roberto Lovato, uh, who's also a friend of mine, um, and he's a, a political strategist, he, and, a, and an author, he 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 kind of joined forces with them and and he brought in the organizing uh, mechanism into the into dignidad literaria and that's with presente.org and so so mm -hmm. you know because he's a political strategist he allowed it to go beyond the kind of social media um, mm -hmm. critique mm -hmm. or call out and he helped them and presente as well matt nelson of presente helped 
them set up meetings with Macmillan to figure mm -hmm. out how to do something, to have measurable mm -hmm. actions that would, wow. that would make publishing learn from this mistake. And, and they're still working with them. And I know the CEO of Macmillan, Macmillan um, just stepped down. Oh. There was some kind of stuff. I'm not totally sure exactly what happened on this. I think happened um, about a month ago or a few weeks ago. Wow. And, and and so they're and then they hired a Latina uh, editor and and so they're they're working with them to to try to change things in that publishing house. Mm -hmm. Right, because that circle. Yeah. I mean, we can all know the makeup of that circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So what did that mean for, for writers who also had books about immigration mm -hmm. coming out this year, they, right after? That included Roberto, it included me, it mm -hmm. included Jenny Torres Sanchez, who has a beautiful book called uh, We Are Not From Here. It included Ernesto Cisneros, who's got a book called A Friend Divided about a, little, a, a boy whose mother gets deported and he has to take care of his little siblings. Uh, it included Francisco Stork, who, who wrote a book called Illegal. It was a part two of a book, uh, a previous book called Disappeared, about uh, a journalist who um, is escaping violence at the border. So, and, and many more. I mean, you know, there's everybody who is part of, and, and I'm talking all um, authors of color. All of the authors of mm -hmm. color who are coming after who came after American Dirt had to ha, have to have to be in conversation with that book, whether we like it or not. Wow! And it's a tragedy <sighs> because because many of us are writing from our own experience mm -hmm. of being migrants <sighs> or being like uh, Jenny Torres Sanchez is is Guatemalteca and Salvadoran, and she is writing about Guatemalan kids coming writing La Bestia. And it's a gorgeous book. I mean, it's gorgeous. And there's a nuance and beauty. I mean, just the level of, mm -hmm. of language that she uses in that, in that book is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. But did that book get, you know, the, the renown that, it, that, that American did, Dirt got? No, it didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to have to be in conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And because and now all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, for a minute, Publishing was going, oh my God, we have to have these conversations about, you know, checking mm -hmm. ourselves. Like they were starting to do work, even if it wasn't in Macmillan, they were starting to kind of like their nose holes were open. Like, oh man, Literaria <laughs> is going to come after us too. <clears throat> but then COVID hit, right? And it <sighs> like really like changed things. And then inside of COVID came, you know, George Floyd and, and the shift in publishing went to and in the in the in the in the context of the great of the nation i think was to was to support you know the racial injustice against black people in particular and in, mm -hmm. which is incredibly righteous and and one of the things that i think that we we kind of lose sight of is that is that when black people gain any kind of justice racial justice in the workplace or in publishing or wherever all of us all mm -hmm. of us benefit all of us mm -hmm. folks mm -hmm. benefit. so i i'm not a fan of pitting you know uh, struggles competition. against each other mm -hmm. no yeah. not at all mm -hmm. and i think that that at the at, you know dignidad literaria is still kind of you know they're not they're not backing down they're not backing down it's just part of a larger conversation of the inequities of, of mm -hmm. publishing mm -hmm. and you know all of us who who publish after american dirt we wrote our books before right, right. publishing <laughs> takes two or three years to publish so we were writing from our experience before uh -huh. before this and she wrote be, uh, as a response to headlines do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like she and, and they mm -hmm. just streamlined that book. It wasn't mm -hmm. it was so obviously uh, um, uh, exploitative. It, mm -hmm. it was an exploitative novel. And it is and remains <laughs> an exploitative novel. Mm -hmm. And um, and and, you know, I don't think I've read all of the books after 
and not one of them brings up a red flag. Not one of them. Mm-hmm. Everybody did their homework. Every and 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 sometimes you do you you almost didn't have to because all because they're all Latinos. All, yeah. And they're just all they have to do is ask a cousin or or or, mm-hmm. or you know their father, their mother, whatever, and the the, the testimony is there. You yeah. Know, homegirl was like inventing stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Or I taking just, things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and bastardizing yeah. them in mm-hmm. ways that were mm-hmm. really disrespectful. So, I'm so glad we asked this question. I know. Us just so much. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't want to talk about it that much more. I want to talk about you and your work and everything, but I just really am grateful that we asked. I just want to say that when you say in conversation, does that mean like, because I, I guess I'm imagining that when these authors are trying to be published and the publisher might say, well, American Dirt has gained so much attention. It's like they're, they're always going to be second best. Mm-hmm. to yeah. that book sure. and I think it's it I guess I'm imagining them having to convince the publishers that there can be space for another book about the immigrant experience is that mm-hmm. what you're kind of saying to when it has to be in conversation with yeah I mean yeah sure that's part of it but I think <laughs> what I'm saying is that that you we can't talk I, I I haven't been able I've been doing the the rounds for this book on immigration and mm-hmm. almost every single Mm. interview has brought up American uh, and, mm. it, and, 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 and we have to, in some ways, um, re- we're responding in, in a way that's dignified, you know, and I think that's what mm-hmm. the literaria mm-hmm. movement um, has, has taught us that we have to stand in our dignity in the work and the authenticity that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just keep it moving and keep demanding. For yeah. Everything. Right. <clears throat> the strength and dignity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of yeah. Your words are really powerful here and now for sure. I would love to, I mean, even beyond what American Dirt illustrated for, and, and I think that's the thing that I, I really would, would love to hear is because for us as consumers of books, right. And I would say, you know, as you know, Christina, as critical consumers, right? Really, as conscious consumers of books, we really try to be, especially as professors. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the insight into, like you, you know, even just knowing that it was a million dollars, right? Like there's mm-hmm. insight that you have because you are in that publishing world of. So even beyond just this mm-hmm. case of of American Dirt. You, I mean, in our book club, you shared with us the different challenges that you had in terms of getting the moon within out. So mm-hmm. maybe you can just kind of, you know, give a general context too of, of, of your challenges and, you know, because the moon within is not an immigrant story, right, per se, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and what, what, yeah, what particular challenges came up with that book? Uh, so the moon within was um i knew that it was it was different i didn't know how different it was it was you <laughs> know but it it became very controversial in some in some areas and and especially that just boggles my mind how you can say that it's a controversial book but it's controversial because and i'll tell you how mm-hmm. i found out i went to a, a um a conference it was a bilingual educators conference and and i was set up in a round table situation where five educators at a time came to my table i book talked and then we had a brief dis- discussion about my book and then they went on into and they and they, there was five authors and then and you know and the, the table got full five times so mm-hmm. i ended up speaking to 25 different uh, educators and the after I book talked my first time mm-hmm. is this one woman she happened to be like the head of bilingual education in her district mm-hmm. that you know it sounds like a lovely story but I can't bring this to Texas you know my school board just because it says gender queer that that would like gender fluid that would just like yeah, yeah immediately I forgot that that was good. yeah 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 it would immediately um um, reject the book. And, and then I turned around and I looked at the other educators. I'm like, do you think that this would be hard to teach in your classroom? They're like, yeah, it would. We couldn't, we'd have to separate the, 
girls and the boys and we'd have to send a note home and because it's about menstruation and one of them said yeah you know and menstruation really isn't for everyone and and then (laughs) and so that happened the first round and then the second round of people came in and i of course i knew to ask this question you know is this something that you could teach you honestly i want to know because this is what happened last one they're like yeah we couldn't and one of them said you know listen Teachers are so bogged down with their class loads that it's hard for them to have to champion a controversial book. Yeah. Like, well, that makes sense. And, but, but after the round table discussion came over, my line for purchasing books was the biggest because of all the books, because I was signing books because every single person that I talked to knew a child that that book would touch. Right. And so, so it was like this very interesting difference between the yeah. personal space and a public space. And I think that for the moon within that's, that's been its problem. I have a, I have a friend who is an hmm. educator and she loves the moon within and she wants to teach it to her, her students, but she can't because of one poem. And it's a poem <laughs> called me flower, me flor. <laughs> where where the little girl is is has, is is remembering the the way that her mother taught her about her vulva and her her anatomy and mm-hmm. and 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 in the reason why she's remembering is because she's having sexual desire for the first time and and but mm-hmm. she, but it's written in a way that's very child friendly and yeah and that's not I love how that, I love your summary of that for adults. That's amazing. It's so different than, you know, and then reading it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's all metaphor. It's the, a flower and the petals and the, you know, sparkly down there feelings and that sort of thing. And, and it's, it's the most natural thing in the world, but she can't, she can't, you know, so I have to say this because I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but I'll say this, that it's so interesting. You know, it's not the first time I've heard where talking about, to me, it's just basic body, right? Like, it's not like she was having sex with anybody, right? Or it was, it was all like self stuff. Um, And how somehow that's controversial, Mm -hmm. but an age old book like Lord of the Flies, (laughs) <laughs> which is about toxic masculinity <laughs> and, you know, violence essentially is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at so much of kids media and how much violence is in there, right. Mm-hmm. And how much patriarchal gender norms and all these things that are much more toxic to our kids than, than this book could ever be. Mm-hmm. Somehow we've been able to rationalize the heck out of that Mm-hmm. But we can't come to terms with a book that um, that celebrates, you know, a menstruation. And, and actually what, you know, I will say for me, one of the, the biggest things that stood out for, in the book was, like you said, the awkwardness of that age. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, I remember. And the friendship dynamics and how mm-hmm. it can get so complicated when you feel you know, when you're falling in love and it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was, it, to me, it was captured so well in a way that didn't, um, because I think the other thing, sometimes books like that about girls rely on the tropes of girls being catty, right. Mm-hmm. To each other. Um, and so I, I, you know, there was, there was so much I appreciated of that, but it's so interesting again. And, and, um, and I think even, even when we look at children's books, you know, and, and we look at the history of stories, like, you know, um, I don't know, like the little red writing, <laughs> right? That, that are, there's still, there's some like, there's such gruesome stuff, you know, in there. And again, somehow that's okay. But God forbid we, we talk about menstruation and we talk about, you know, well, white supremacy, <laughs> white supremacist patriarchy is the reason why that round table selected American dirt, you know, for a bestseller. And the same reason why these, educators can't teach genderqueer or um, mi flor, you know, like that's, but it's shocking still. I don't know why. I think because for me, when I read it, I just thought, I, I fucking love this book. Like, this book <laughs> needs to, like, I, 
you know, I read Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret when I was a kid. And just, yeah, F that. Like, we, we don't need those stories anymore. We need, we need these ones. Um, so I'm so glad that no one at the university is <laughs> banning that, that we have book. we have academic freedom. And I think and I think it's so interesting because, you know, I think it points out to imagine how many other books there are that are being essentially banned like this in, in school districts and, and whatnot and um, or maybe even are not being published because of that fact, right? Because of the fact that they speak to these quote-unquote controversial issues and so again it creates this this lack of access of of truly which what is i don't know it's i don't know anytime there's a, a critique of things and even of american dirt it's like okay if on some level we want to say let's have let's let american dirt have its space it just means we need more of 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 mm -hmm. alternative options right we need more diversity within um, understanding the diversity of experience, right? There is no one immigrant experience. There is no one childhood experience. And how can we, you know, create space for more diversity? <clears throat> and it just shows that at the publishing and at the education level, there is no, it, it seems like there's no space for that, right? Mm -hmm. For the diversity of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I always, I always go back to um, Toni Morrison. I don't know if you saw her documentary, um, The Pieces I Am. It's really beautiful. I recommend that you, you watch it. But there's this moment where she talks about the master narrative and how and why she she writes for Black people about Black people. And she says that, uh, in not so many words, but she says that, you know, she's pushing back against the master narrative. And what is that? Mm -hmm. White, cis, het, you know, normativity. And that's, that's what it is. It's what, what we're talking about. And it's infused with patriarchy. It's infused with colonialism. And, um, and in terms of diversity, every single author that is published, it, you know, really, um, contributes to pushing back against the master narrative yeah i it's it you know along the theme of the banned books and um you know because that 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 thing it keeps coming up right the, these lists of who who is on the banned book list um and i think it's you know because something that i thought that came to me is you know why why have we responded so well and i think as mothers we're mothers of boys mm -hmm. and thinking is what is our role as mothers of boys <laughs> to have these Jaguar says I'm you know I'm boy and they mama I was like <laughs> cool I like that yeah yeah <laughs> um you know and we've often thought about like what is our responsibility you know to kind of have these kinds of conversations and and of course as educators I, I know for me I'm always like okay where's the book where's the book that's going to help me give me a language <laughs> to have these conversations with my kids you know and to and to normalize these experiences so that it's not an awkward you know conversation and um and so when we're finding a book like this like oh this is the answer to our prayers right it's not just <clears throat> a book about childhood right but it's a book that speaks to like you said these larger you know systemic social dynamics that you know the master narrative i i really like that right it, it is it, the master narrative is the that everybody you know that we that you have to separate girls and boys to talk about menstruation right and that boys can't talk about menstruation because what do they need to know that for right <laughs> um it's insane it's insane because you know every single human on this planet comes from a menstruator <laughs> right <laughs> and so you know it's it's an existential question not even a question it's existential information that they need to know um, and you know, my, my son is, uh, he was 11 or 10 when <laughs> the moon women came out and, and he read it and then his best friend Mario read it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I told, I shared the story at the book club, but it, it Mario, my, when Mario read the, the book, his mother sent me a picture of Mario completely engrossed in the book, like mm -hmm. just 
eating it up. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally got to talk to Mario, I said, so Mario, what'd you think about my book? He's like, ay, Aida, I don't know if I was supposed to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it was kind of private. I'm like, no, 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 Mario. Like, how are we supposed to take down the patriarchy if you don't know what you're working with? Mm -hmm. And he was like, all right. <laughs> but I really believe that that it behooves ch children of all genders to know about menstruation mm -hmm. because yeah. because it is about existence because it yeah. is about um the book is also about questioning your connection to the universe and the cycles of the mm -hmm. universe not mm -hmm. just in just your your body and in the back mm -hmm. of the book we I, I made sure that we had a little moon moon calendar mm -hmm. and, and i was very specific about telling people like look you are made of water the mm -hmm. moon pulls tides it moves mm -hmm. the bodies of water on the earth and you are no exception <laughs> so so track how you act and how you feel you know mm -hmm. during the month and see what kind of patterns you create those mm -hmm. to me those are like kind of the deeper um, questions about existence and your your place in the universe that I really mm -hmm. want it's it's so funny you say that because just a couple months ago I saw my niece and I was talking about something about astrology and so she asked what astrology is and I was like huh, how do I explain it <laughs> but I did go into this whole conversation I figured the moon is the easiest way to mm -hmm. kind of and I said you know just recognizing mm -hmm. and I, I said exactly that we're made of water and the, it you know the moon controls the tide so it, it can have an impact on us and the moon is just one you know thing out in the sky <laughs> out in the world that you know and we are affected by the sun and then all the other planets and it was so interesting because she just looked at me like I was speaking a different language you know and I again I was like I, I don't know how much of it she's soaking up but but it's it's that for me it's like being being that person you know to to have those conversations and say those things and how important it is to, mm -hmm. I mean because again it's like it could be something years later you know that right they that remember. you can come come back to right mm -hmm. um that and one. that's what a beautiful opportunity we have with our students, but then our children, you know, our, our five-year-olds, you know, they, you know, I'm, I'm working on using language as a proud menstruator, you know, with, <laughs> with him and, you know, he's, he's totally, he loves it. I talk about the moon, you know, and that connection and there's no, yes, of course, you know, like, that's just so beautiful. Just thinking like how, what Mario was eight, 11, is that what you yeah. were saying? Like, yeah. so interesting to see, hear the tone. And then your, your niece, Renee, how old is she again? She'll She's be 13. Uh, 13. In December. Yeah. She'll be 13 in December. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have to say one of my favorite parts in the book, I'm like, we've read so many books. <laughs> Sometimes I get like confused. On what, but there's a whole thing on Goyoshauki. Yes, I'm correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because we've, I, I talk about Goyoshauki a lot in, in my different classes and, and in a lot of the work that we do. And, and, um, and also looking at how the story of Goyoshauki has been told from a patriarchal lens. And so mm -hmm. the way that it gets described in your book, I literally put the book down like took a breath and said, oh, like, because you talked about how the phases, she comes together, right? And each phase is her coming whole, right? Becoming whole again. And I was like, that is the best description of, of, of that story, you know, that I had heard. And, and it, so it is much more than just about a coming of age story. It is, it is these, these larger, like you say, existential themes. Um, but that's, and that, and how important that is to kind of have a holistic conversation, right? Cause nothing is ever compartmentalized, right? There's so much complexity in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a devotee of Koyoshoki. <laughs> Badass. Yeah. And I was, you know, when I first came to Koyoshoki, you know, many years ago, I, I was immediately um, drawn to, to her um, and, and was 
it took me a really long time to deconstruct the patriarchy around her story. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, that's not something I thought of. And then, and I, like, let me just funk it out. But no, I, I really believe that um, that that her dismemberment or his her mm -hmm. pieces are bring light to the night sky, and that to me is is like it's a beacon. It's mm -hmm. it's an opening, you know, to me. Um, and 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 it's so powerful because of what the moon represents, you know, yeah. and what it does. Just like scientifically to us you know? yeah 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 i love i love okay and and i was tired also of of reading this you know all of the research that i did um always always had her you know losing and and deserving <laughs> uh-huh her, her death and this moment christina always I talks about embracing it in, of the beautiful darkness yes what yeah, do i she, what do i say renee she, christina uses um makes this um comparison to the word lunacy and how there's like lunacy is meant to evoke mm -hmm. this idea of like craziness right particularly associated to women right and and how koyoshaki mm -hmm. and the moon and um in many cultures right the moon is mm -hmm. is equated with femininity and womanhood and um, and so, yeah, the, the telling of Goyashaki often is a warning story, right? Like, don't be crazy, you know, or jealous or whatever, like Goyashaki. Um, I always talk about her in comparison to like La Virgen and Malinche and, um, mm -hmm. and who else am I thinking of, right? But like those, those different stories and how they become warning stories, but how we can reappropriate, you know, that story. La Llorona. La Llorona, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the other one. How we can sort of reappropriate these stories and tell them, you know, from, from a feminist perspective. And um, so, yeah, I just, that was my favorite part of the whole book. <laughs> um, one, there's a line in, in, the, in, the, in the book or an exchange, a scene where uh, right after she's men menstruated, her mom tells her, you know, kind of like forces her, like, that's our way. We're going to, you're going to have a moon ceremony and that's it. Yeah. And she, she fights back. She, and says, she's like, it's, you know, a way that you made up. Mm. And her mother mm -hmm. says, no, it's what we have to do so that we are not erased. Mm. And I think that that to me was like the moment that I hopefully the, the, the reader will know that they, you know when you reclaim these stories, when you're reclaiming the narrative, you're um, you're showing yourself as as present and and visible mm -hmm. and viable in the world, mm. and, and it's yeah. resistance. I love that. I think Renee and I speak to that erasure or that fear of it or. Mm -hmm. the work that we're doing as being present, like presente, you know, like one of our questions is what are some things that we can do to help with this? And you mentioned something, just writing our stories, right? And creating space for our students, our children to tell their stories, mm -hmm. stories that harken back to our abuelos, but also, you know, take us pre-patriarchal, pre-white supremacy, you know, pre-colonization, you know, really big. And, but I, I love... And also, it's, it's terribly sad, you know, this erasure is a real present thing. If I don't remember these things, I don't think anyone else is going to, you know. Um, we're, we're coming to, to our end here. So I just want, want to say thank you so much. Um, you know, we've been so honored to kind of build this, this, you know, relationship with you in, in some way. Um, but before we, we kind of say our goodbyes, if you, yeah, tell our listeners how we can get a hold of your book, your new book, and anything else you want to share. Uh, sure. Well, I, I have to say thank you also, because it's been so meaningful to get to know both of you. And and, and conspire with you because I feel like we're conspiring in ways to like kind that. of really push forward a, 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 a narrative, right? And pushing back against the master narrative in really positive ways. You have, you each have, you know, access to students and, and I will continue to do the work, but I'm, I'm happy to be in community with you. So thank you. Um, so it, you can find my books um, pretty much anywhere books are sold right now. Most of the books are sold online and, and I would, wouldn't 
do Amazon because we don't like Amazon. And, and, but there is this great Latina bookstore, um, online bookstore that you mm. can buy my book and you can get a signed copy from, mm. from Booklandia. Um, because, Booklandia. yeah, Booklandia box, booklandiabox.com. And you mm. can get there and, or, or bookshop.org. So if you want, you know, they also, yeah, uh, we have a, we, we're an affiliate with bookshop so they can buy oh, Okay. Them. Okay. Well, then you could probably, have you added my book too? <laughs> we can create a link to your books. I think that sounds well, good. We can put a new is, thing for this uh, books yeah. is there, yeah, is but we can add the other, we can add all your books. Just yeah. like, just to, and I have to say also that we're, there's, um, there's a, an, a, a, another book that's coming that is about menstruation that's very exciting i'm working mm -hmm. on uh, an anthology called mm -hmm. the gift mm -hmm. uh, and it's <laughs> called the gift uh, menstruation stories by middle grade authors of color oh. and Love it. And, <laughs> Powerful. and so and, and i and i you know developed this idea to do an anthology for middle grade writers because the moon within is a book that hasn't been it, it's it's been 70 years since 50 years since 1971 that judy bloom wrote are you there god it's me margaret mm. and the moon within is the first in that whole time to really seriously talk about menstruation in a very significant way and and wow. some librarians have actually said that the moon within is the first book in middle grade fiction to wholly talk about menstruation. Like it's the whole theme of the book. Mm -hmm. Whereas Judy Blooms was more about her relationship to God and her family, right? So so I just knew that like if I'm the first in all these years to write about it, then we need more. And, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, the white feminist movement has done a lot to mm -hmm. to to kind of talk about menstruation there's loads of nonfiction books about menstruation <clears throat> but there's very little by by people of color in the united states so so i i'm, I'm really excited about that book um coming it's it won't come out till 2022 and then um yeah and and i and there, there's going to be more. I have, I have uh, a, a bunch of things lined up. So just you can yeah. always find me at AidaSalazar.com or on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so beautiful to talk with you. I'm really hoping, you know, that our stories that Renee and I are writing gets to collaborate with you sometime in the future too. I think that you're just so, just so real and so lovely. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Thank you, Renee, so and much. We'll, yes. Okay. We'll see. We'll see you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>